Uh, I got off to a bad start, my sitting cloth. This happens when I try and organise myself a bit. I put things in the proper place, but the proper place is never actually the place where I'm at. <laughs> so I end up tidying things up, putting them in the wrong places that organically don't actually fit the way I operate. And uh, yeah, that's a bit like uh, the you know the practice and the strategies, the techniques of retreat. Often we kind of got some you know, fairly clear ideas, but actually we've got to realise they don't necessarily fit the way you the way you operate, the kind of organic um, experience that you're in. Uh, a bit, you know, your own kind of physical states and uh, energy states and mood states and how comfortable you are in your own role or position and these kind of things will have their effects. So, I'm myself wondering what to to do to feeling the uh, energies of that relaxing so this time you know in, in the process of retreat we're certainly you know we start more or less in the same kind of um, line and then naturally as things move along as you enter into your body-mind experience then your own karma your own tendencies, your own strengths, your own disturbances come up and they naturally move your, move your process along and it probably starts kind of fanning out in slightly different directions um, you know, in terms of the tempo we create for ourselves, the kind of initiative or the quality of calm or relaxation or effort that we, we apply. Um, yeah, so it sort of it, it varies. And, but basically, um, the four foundations are of mindfulness, the things you can kind of carry it all in, or the variations of your experience within and it starts with the body and in fact it seems that um, everything occurs within the body or the body reference you can access all of it mm. even though the physical you know the physical sensations aren't necessarily the subject to our attention the sense of being embodied being here being you know, and the stability, the presence of be actually being here, fully here, is the thing that stays with us. You know, that through through the whole process of the practice, we come to where we are, or mm, our address, if you like. Mm. And there's a, I think, a saying in the Anguttara Nikaya, where the Buddha says, "All of the, just as the oceans." 
all the various rivers and streams uh, feed into the great ocean. The ocean is the is the container of all of it, the thing that everything empties into. So all the qualities of wisdom and discernment and so forth gather up into mindfulness of the body. Something like that. This is the address. Mm. So, you know, from day one, this tells us where we are. It's the thing that people point at. Thing that gets touched and uh, identified with, thing that experiences the basic environment, pleasure, pain. Um, thing we call, we say this is the thing that dies. We notice that you know you don't know what happens to the mind or heart, but you certainly see bodies dying. So that sets the paradigm. You see them being born and you see them dying. Mm. You know, and that kind of says that's what this address is about so we're in that and the various uh, reflexes that come out of that everything everything embodied seeks um, somewhere safe stable, secure and somewhere where you get the food get the energy get the resources whether that's physical food or warmth, climate, you know, somewhere where they're giving you the nourishment, the support. And so it's two-fact, one, it's protected, safe, settled, and it's, it's nourishing, everything. So basic, that's, what, that's what's occurring in terms of the bodily s- signals, bodily system. Mm. So when animals do this, Human beings um, quite developed, so we also have uh, we're not just reflexes like other creatures. Well, just you know, lizards and so forth are just more or less reflex ants, just reflexes towards that that sense of territory and the sense of seeking food. But we've developed be along the line of development to the point where actually something can step out of those reflexes and say yeah that's true but this isn't really um, uh, necessary you know you don't need this territory because you've got somewhere else or you can move somewhere else you don't need this food um, or it's it's uh, you need it but not right now you know wait or um, look after the rest of the people in your group or something like that. We we nourish each other. We give up for each other, and so forth. So you've got this kind of something can step out of that reflex system. Human beings do this a lot, um, and we start to look at other things. So, you know, what will give us a sense of friendship and companionship and um, happiness on a more emotional level. Still, it's the same kind of pattern. Emotionally, we look for something that makes us feel stable, settled, um, and feels nourished, emotionally nourished. We feel warm, pleased, happy, rather than stressed and, uh, you know, hated or kicked out or abused. Same patterning, same pattern occurs. So in this bodily system, you can see that the, you get a reference to those kind of fundamental patterns, 
that run through the body and the emotions. And also you get the sense of being able to witness this and, and discern, and, well, wait a minute, that's not necessary. Uh, right now you've got enough food or you're not going to get it there. Look over here. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've got something that can actually wit- witness and supervise that. So these reflexes, which create in- volition and intention, can also be checked and you can moderate them. You can say, well, slow down or wait till tomorrow or that's, uh, you know, that's not the right kind of food. Well, this doesn't provide you with shelter. It's not just blind reflex. So there's a sense of being able to moderate your intentions, your volitions. And we all do this. That's a big part of practice, is really working on the quality of volition. So, because you get the, the bodily sense, but more, more often what comes up is the, the emotional sense, which carries the same messages. It's much more complex and developed and historical. Mm. That is, you get emotional patterns based upon a sense of never quite having enough food, even though physically you've got enough food. Still, you know, that particular pattern of need, need, need a bit more, need a bit more gets kind of a habit. So the, these emotional patterns get retained or never quite feeling secure. So, well, you know, you've got house, you've got clothes, you've got, you know, this is, yeah. But somehow still don't feel quite settled. Um, so we look for roles or positions, still don't feel quite settled. Because these things actually, um, on an emotional level, they, physically you get enough stability, but uh, on the emotional level, they're not actually providing the kind of um, ultimate qualities that, that the mind needs. Mm. Because they're really only, these are really these, these bodily patterns, they're only about the address that we live within. They're only about the place. You know, they're saying this place is steady enough, this place is, is uh, okay enough. Mm. But once it comes into more of the emotions, emotions are not telling you where you are, uh, the place you're in, they're telling you how you are, how you feel. And that gets, when you look at this, when you, as, you, as you experience this, time after time after time, it's a very intimate, particular thing. And it's very familiar. So how you are becomes who you are. You know, I am, I am this. You know, I'm this kind of set, this is my stuff. This is me, these are my feelings. This is what I am, I'm in this. And then it, it can't actually crystallize into something that's ultimately steady, because it's always changing. It's moving and changes. It's never quite steady enough to be who I am. So the feeling level, the effective feeling level is a kind of moving up and down, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, will get better, won't get better experience. So it doesn't, it's a kind of, that's, it's, that's the quality of unsatisfactoriness of it. And we kind of, without thinking this, when we mirror that, it becomes 
who we are, what we take ourselves as being, what we, the basic message of being, this kind of state of not quite and maybe would and should, what could be, but um, never know, you know, and whatever comes along with that. The feeling of, well, never going to get there, or the feeling of try a bit harder, or, or do this, do that, to get to, you know, that state. But there isn't one. <laughs> because that is based upon how you are, how you're feeling. And feelings change. Mind states change. The, the, this address is a continually moving one, like the, it shifts and changes. And it's always giving these signals. And though the fact that it is made up of signals of pleasure, pain, too much, enough, not enough, because it's continually like that, it can't actually be the stable, steady you know, experience. And yet for that to be an identity... It needs to be something stable and steady. You know, you want to be that. That's the whole identity thing, isn't it? To kind of find this place when things are settled. There's that quality to it. You know who you are. You get a feeling of consistency and coherence. So we tend to look for something that will provide that, and we never quite get it because what one's looking for is really mirroring these particular flowing, changing states. Mm. And some of them are quite pleasant, agreeable. Um, some change quite slowly, they're really soft and so forth. But they're never actually stable. The act of mirroring called clinging, you know, if you look into that mirror long enough, then the image that comes up is taken as myself. Mm. Now the, you know, that's why that's what's going on. Because the the emotional body mirrors the the physical body. It complexes. It makes it complex. It it because it deals with a much more complex environment than just the physical. It deals with the the structural social environment, family environment. So it's much more complex. But it's basically the same pattern, it's mirroring the same set of signals. So that's what it does. But the aspect of witnessing that doesn't have to do that. Because witnessing is just wanting to see it. It's not really wanting to, um, you know, find something within that. It's just to see it. That's the purity that's kind of uh, uh, aimed at just to be able to, to, to witness that because there you know, it can be steady and the steadiness uh, and, the, and the freedom from the, the push and the pull of feeling that provides the sense of, of uh, feeling good you know it's a strange paradox, you know. We say that feeling good is just the removal of the pressure and the suck and the pull of feeling. It's a sense of weightlessness, or the pressure's off, or the the driving is down. So it's a sense of not having something shoving you. 
feels kind of light and spacious, so we call that feeling good. But it's not really a feeling, it's a, <laughs> it's a relief from it. Mm. And that's there also. You see? That, that's also happening, or that's there. It doesn't get the headlines because, you know, the big thing is, is more on the emotional and the physical level. Or the big, big uh, sensations and feelings and rushes and ups and downs. So the witnessing is a fairly, so what, you know, here I'm looking at this, this mass of pain. Well, yeah, okay, so I'm witnessing, but it's still painful. Yeah. So when one is in deep stress, then, then you know, it's the idea of witnessing it doesn't really go very far. So, you know, the whole process of becoming, which is this mirroring uh, quality of of um, internalizing and formulating around pleasure, pain, safety, and so forth. This is what's called becoming. You know. That just that's happening. That's supposed to be happening. You know, that's that's fine. Um, you know, but where it's happening in terms of the the bodily system, the emotive system, they're like that. That that's going on. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, so we sometimes we uh, talk about these things as if they shouldn't be that way. But that's what they're supposed to be. You know, if your body is not looking for, for is not interested in, in security and warmth, you've got problems. If it's not interested in food and shelter, you've got problems. <laughs> You're not going to live very long. You know, if you're emotionally so frozen that you don't feel these things, then you've got big problems, really. You know, so that's that shutting down of the system, that negation of this natural system, is, a, is an affliction, wrong view. And it happens to people. Definitely happens to people. You know, when um, it's like a kind of give up, bits of us give up, we resign, we close down, because, you know, just feeling things and not being able to get the pleasant feeling, not being able to feel secure, well, let's just shut it off altogether, rather than just being this sense of continual uncertainty, insecurity, anxiety, um, barrenness, lack of warmth, and so forth. Well, we just close it down. So you can do that. That's the vibhava, closing down. It gets very drastic at times, and it can touch, you know, we can be doing fine, and something hits us, and then suddenly we just freeze right up, shut down, because it's just, you don't want to be with that, in that particular address. So you we leave the territory, we leave that address, we jump out of it, we, we freeze up, or we, we kind of spin off into some other place in the cosmos, some other, you know, mode of being. This kind of mild panic occurs in mind, jumps, skips. So it gets, that's, the, that's what happens for the, at times, you know, and for an untrained person it happens more often. So more often they're, they're out, you know, out of their address. It's a world of spinning, 
as we begin to train, we come into recognizing how much the time we spend away from home because we never really had one, a comfortable one. So, so that uh, sense of then the, the becoming energies are then uh, actually it doesn't shut, it doesn't close them down. You just get into a neg- negative experience, non-becoming, and we seek for a place where we can hide, get away, shut down. So there's still the same pattern still occurs because instead of of um, reflecting on it, one is just caught in it. The reflex catches. The reflex catches hold. Mm. Now the only place that this stops, the only place this isn't, you know, neither becoming nor non-becoming, is, you know, is a human capacity. You know, which is the sense in which we're just actually witnessing this patterning. That's one way of looking at it. You know, that's where it starts, if you like. That's a, that's a handhold. It's a way of referring to it very simply. Because then we're not actually in it or out of it. It's just there's that, there's that, there's that system going on. Mm. So you get that. This is a viveka detachment. You get senses. You just step back and witness the system as it's going through its things. Yeah. So that's your first quality of intention, is just, cannot dukkha be understood? Can this urge to become, this reflex, can it be witnessed, understood, sensed as, oh, that's that, that's where it happens, that's what's going on. And the origin of that, which is clinging, mirroring, which means seeing a self, seeing something that aims for coherence and continuity in something that can't actually provide it. There's, suf- there's an origin of suffering. You're looking for a, a fixity in something that can't actually provide it. You know, body can't provide it, emotions can't provide it, and yet, so the seeking for that clinging, becoming, clinging to becoming is the origin of that. The abandonment is the letting go of that clinging. So becoming is occurring where becoming occurs. Buddhas still become old, become sick, become dead on one level. Um, That's still happening. Um, But there isn't, instead of the continual seeing oneself within that, looking into that for, for some kind of impression or lasting image, there isn't that. And that's what has to be, that, so there's an abandonment of that, that's what has to be developed. Intention is very important, you know, so we just need to, we can recognize we have these, these facilities, these possibilities, this is kind of raw material, if you like, and then we have this possibility to, medi- to meditate, to cultivate upon that. We can direct intention, we can direct attention. So that sense of directing, that's, that's an intention, that's a desire, that's a motivation. It's not the reflex 
pathology of thirst and craving and, and grabbing and, and demanding. It's just it's the skillful motivation of well, I want to have a look at that. I mean, what's going on? I want to get to know that. That's desire, but it's it's the good desire called chanda, motivation, aspiration. So you know this sense in which you just get rid of becoming, don't have any desire, and don't cling is 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 pathetically crude. And, and damaging because there is becoming but you have to know where it is and for that you have to have some motivation you know it's this desire to really understand it is to be understood so it's not just kind of hang out and you know sort itself out it doesn't sort itself out The, but then the quality of intention is to be moderated, so there's a cultivation of development. And essentially when you, when you realize that the kinds of <coughs> intentions that come out of the becoming process, would, you know, if you look at those in, a, in an animal, very crudely you can see those animals tend to hunt they grab, they bite, they just get hold of things and they consume things. So that's the kind of an intention you can see, you know, on a kind of human level, that which wants to get and have. They will also fight. They they will actually get warrior animals, you know, and uh, and so forth. Mm. So you know, we can see that in ourselves, various various ways. But that intention isn't, you know, is rather crude. And for human beings, we also can cultivate, which means we, rather than just grabbing things, we can actually put something in, nourishing, make something fertile, you know, let things grow up. You know, so that as humans develop, they tend to develop in that way from just being hunters to being cultivators this is a bit more um, intelligent and advanced it's uh, it's a more reflective process so you start to cultivate this is where it's really useful to recognize the kinds of of energies that run through the system and when we get extremely um, stressed you get the those particular places where it gets very basic then what tends to come up is the fight, you know, it's either either fight and lose or fight and run or you know it's that kind of emergency experience. And then what can arise is the kind of warrior quality, and willpower. You know, we fight against pain, we we get, we fight with it, we resist it, we get like that. That can happen. And willpower is a particular faculty we have, it has its uses, not to say there aren't any, uses just to, to bear with things, to just grit through, and it's useful when you're in an emergency situation. You don't want to stay like that though, because if you stay like that, the quality of willpower is something that diminishes receptivity. That's the idea. You don't feel very much, so you can do the thing, get it over with, rather than to feel the discomfort. So when you use willpower, you steal yourself. 
You don't do that a lot <laughs> because if you get that particular pattern, it, it tends to be you're not receptive and responsive anymore. So the ability to actually calm, heal, nourish, reflect, step back, wait, all this disappears underneath this kind of bulldozer um, mentality of that. And yet it is useful. Proper use of a warrior is to scare the crows away from the crops. Just, you know, get away, off, 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 off. See, okay, fine. Then maybe it's not going to grow any crops. It just keep, keeps, the, keeps the crows away. So you can kind of keep pushing away the distractions, you know, little creatures that keep getting in, just push, push, you know, that kind of thing. But your main intention is more those intentions that lead to cultivation. And this is where you begin to find uh, you know, a greater sense of stability than, than the body itself provides. So, but you use you staying in the field of the body, but rather than say the expecting the body or um, you know searching for the ultimate pleasant feeling in that, then which gets very it can you can get very nice experiences in samadhi, but you can also a lot of the time we don't have such pleasant experiences we don't always enjoy or rapture or bliss, um, and in fact. You know, to, to even to, to get to those levels, you have to develop another kind of intention, which is more a healing quality. Mm. So when you're ill or tired or stressed in some kind or another, then this quality of intention becomes a much more useful basis than just the, you know, the the resultant karma the, which is this old karma of a body you know, so you inherit this particular form with all its potentials for pleasure pain and some of that you can kind of make quite comfortable and nice and okay mostly what you make good and okay is your relationship to it which is not of becoming or non-becoming it's of witnessing yeah that's the first step, witnessing, and then opening up the whole thing so as you become more capable of witnessing all of the aspects of, of embodiment. Then we have some way of, of, of bringing a, a supportive, calming, sustaining you know, in energy into it. Mm. Those aspects of body on an energetic level are not just physical sensations these are the whole kind of um, embodiment energies which are to do with fear nervousness, tension um, that kind of experience you know, we feel that so you can feel into that sense a feeling of um, uh, pressures of various kinds of uh, mm, um, you know those kinds of, of of senses that we the body carries. Sexuality, the, that which seeks uh, the vitality and energy through the, uh, <coughs> in that particular way. Mm. You know, so 
these sort of uh, the comfort experiences that the en- these you know, energies structured around seeking comfort and happiness. Mm. So these are all things you have to get to come to terms with in your embodiment experience. It's not just the pains in your knees. It's these channels which, first you can make one kind of because they they are the things that most imme- intimately one mirrors. You get a lot of emotional responses around that stuff. You get the passions, you get the anxieties, you get the doubts, you get the resentments, you know. And they're just kind of coming up through the system. And naturally they do carry or, or crystallize in particular topics. You know, they've little movies, little pieces of dialogue come out and little images pop up out of them. Either historical images or complete fantasy images often to do being played out on your social environment. You know, that is, people around you become, carry the projections of one's anxiety, one's feeling of being intimidated, one's feeling of, of, of uh, attraction, passion, and so forth. That's kind of what, what happens, you know. Where it's useful it, to, in, in intention is that you, you cut off the warrior bit, the willpower is to actually cut off the topic cut off the, the stories that the, so you can just get to the energies you can't actually cut off the energies and if you do that and there tends to be um, like a lot of inner conflict um, what you can do is, is, is cut off or the, the, the verbiage the storyline so you just come to the senses of, of passion or anxiety and so forth as you, as you can feel them and then those energies can't be eliminated in that willful way. Hmm. So willpower is useful for things like sense restraint. You just deliberately turn away, switch off, push up, you know, that kind of, you, you keep scaring the crows away. You keep the crows off your crops. Yeah. And internally, you see your mind going to somewhere, a place where it can pick up a whole piece of narrative of I never get and she doesn't, how come on, da, 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 or whatever, either, or passion. You say, no, stop that story. But you don't cut off the energy. Hmm. Unless, you, unless you really need to, because you're completely overwhelmed with it. We do try to definitely remove the topic. There's that, that's the skillfulness of that kind of willful, direct attention. It doesn't want to listen. It doesn't want to receive. It just wants to push that away. That, that has its uses. If you're just open and receptive to everything, you can get flooded. You know, it's a complete flood of proliferated stuff. So cutting off is one aspect. But you don't, you can't eliminate primary energies because until you're, until you're dead, you know, they're supposed to be here. <laughs> but you can relate to them. So, you know, the feeling of, of passion, attraction, pulling towards you come to that, you can kind of contemplate the, almost visualize that 
sense of what that energy feels like in your body, in your system, in your mind, your heart, fire element. Breathing in, breathing out. Bringing that into full awareness. Bringing the, the quality of, of non-proliferating awareness onto that. Breathing in, breathing out, and just kind of attuning it to something that's calm and steady. See what happens. See what happens. There it is, see what happens. You feel the kind of constricting sense of of, uh, wanting to close down, get away, not be with, you know, retract. Okay, well let's take the topics out of that for the time being, and you get the feeling of that, of cold or retractive or whimpering. And just bring that, your awareness onto that, feeling that out in terms of breathing in, breathing out, say, or something that has this sign of being unforced, granted, given, okay in itself. You know, it happens by itself. You don't have to make it happen. So you get that sense of just an un, unbidden benevolence, an unstructured benevolence. And so you, you know, see what that does. Just put the two together. Now, as your intention always in putting this together is just to that the suffering may be abandoned the 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 damage may be abandoned that's that's your intention that's that that's why you do it but you don't do the abandoning it it tends to happen because you you just bring the health into play and just as a large stream captures a small stream system starts to capture and this uh, uh, kind of transmutation occurs because then if you like the fire of passion becomes subsumed and we feel a sense of radiance and brightness you're not trying to cut bits of energy system off so you end up with something completely whittled down neutralized you incorporate and that's how fundamentally that's that's the model of doing it that well it's the model I'm encouraging so there's the cutting off of the outgoing and the storylines and then the transmutation of the of the energies now for this you know, we need to um, develop the basis of uh, Kaya Sankara, which is the embodiment energy, operates around breathing in, breathing out. It's that subtle vitality that occurs. We need to enhance that. It, it, or when it, it enhances itself as you get in touch with it, as you check in with your breathing. First of all, on the literal level, you've got some kind of reference point of sensations, and then much more on the energetic level, as what happens as you breathe in and breathe out, as a kind of suffusive quality. You know? 
you don't need to get too physically detailed, just the general suffusive sense. Then you can pick up where, how, where that sense is felt, maybe in your hands, in your face. And you say, yeah, it kind of happens all over, really. Well, in general, maybe it doesn't happen everywhere, but does that, you get the sense of it's suffusive. And in particular places where it doesn't seem to suffuse, that's where you give some more attention and see if there's something there that needs to be addressed. So you, then you get the basic, you make the mind great. The mind becomes the great river. The embodied mind becomes the great river. Uh, and the Buddha talks of this great river as being like the Ganges. And he says, with this, if you, you know, if you put a pinch of salt in it, great river just does not take on that taste. It just blows it away. But if you put a pinch of salt in a teaspoon of water, it's going to taste bitter. So if your mind is pinched and small, then these little toxins that we have, you know, taste very strong. So you need to make the mind great, vast. So this is the image the Buddha uses. An embodied mind is spread out, great, um, feels a sense of full span. Along with that comes the um, Brahma-vihara, or the sublime mind, the exalted mind, the mind that is measureless in terms of its, its intention to heal, to, to relate. Yeah. It is a relational experience. The, the mind base is relational. So we need also to access and develop that relational sense. We're not just kind of looking at things in a blank way, but heartful. So it starts with just being able to really, you're not trying to kind of pump up a lot of emotion, but just get this, the, the sense of, of, hey, this is some, you know, when you see suffering, you know, rather than just being anxious or nervous about that and trying to fix it, just feel for that some feeling for it. Sometimes we step over this. That is, you know, we see, we experience something problematic as either, oh, we'll change it, make it another way. Or, oh, well, um, I don't know what to do. Close it off. That's the kind of little panics. My mind can, can do that, does do that. Fix it or forget it. Fix it, forget it. Fix it, forget it. Jump. There's a, the other option, other option is feel it, which is perhaps a bit more uncomfortable. But that's, to me, that's a place of some learning. I need to, something I feel I need to develop without going to the sense I've got to fix everything or just shrug it off. There's, hmm? Just feel it. Feel it and realize what happens in that process of feeling for it when we just say, well, that's it, you know. Uh, some sense of warm-heartedness arises by itself. So this also makes the mind great, vast. Mm. This is what we can do. We can't make things change 
We can't make things go the way we want to do. We can't keep shrugging our lives away. We can't keep closing down because it keeps, we keep coming open again. The clam tends to open up occasionally to a breath, like it or not. <laughs> so you just can't stay closed. So it looks like <laughs> the other option yeah, is to be here with that yeah, and you know, to develop from that, that development occur from that place. And so you use these things of letting it develop because the, your intention goes so far as to as to place keep you staying there, you know, brush keep scaring the crows away, keep staying there, that's your intention. And then the rest of it sort of happens. Which is the way it should be, isn't it? That's the kind of joy of it. That's the sense of relief of it. That's the sense of selflessness of it. It's not a strategy. There is a need for strategy, which is just to know, you know, if you're staying with something and you're getting stuck into fixed positions, you know, weird stuff, you need to have a strategy that says, not right now, back off. You know, there is a need for strategy. When awareness is not complete, not fulfilled, not enhanced, you need to know how much you can you can take how much you can be with before you just get start getting trapped um, you know actually transmuting anything the the little river's a bit too big right now it's capturing the other one it's too much salt in the water so you back off find a place where you feel comfortable again find a place where it's okay again and you know build up from there so there's that movement process this is process. So if you're working with uh, mindfulness of breathing, you know, first, so to first we get the instruction is to keep tuning into that, what lets you know you're breathing, what is it that tells you it's happening, keep checking in with that. You get sensations, flushes, sense of swelling, sense of relaxing, okay, and then um, this is sati, so sati asasati, so sati asasati, so mindful one breathes in, is mindful one breathes out. And then um, pajanati, which is sampajana, or awareness, so you go into more, um, uh, once, you, once you're in there with that, then you begin to really feel it out, feel it out. Feel, first of all, for this um, in, out, in, out. That's that's the first sign. It's like awareness. You can is a very kind of fundamental uh, quality of the mind. It's like the, you know, it's the most primary quality. So it's rather like a baby. You know, it can it can tune to heartbeats. The first thing we tune into is rhythm in our lives. For cognitive stuff, it's much more developed, but rhythm. So you start with just feeling for the rhythm you know, before you get too much into fine object definition just because the rhythm is soothing. 
in and out, in and out. Then you can find out where it feels most comfortable. So you get the full length of the rhythm, the completion of that, all the way to ending, beginning and ending. It's It should be a rhythmic kind of fading and swelling and fading and swelling. So that then you sense that occurring through the whole body, the full track of the breath. Mm. And you you keep scaring the crows away. Make it comfortable till the mind finds a place that seems a good place to sit. Could be the back of your nose, could be your throat, chest. From that place you can sense the whole whole thing moving through. But let, let it come, let it come. Don't hunt it, let it come. <laughs>